everybody, before we get to today's episode, as always, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Preble Construction, owned and operated by Dan Preble. Awesome uh, craftsman, so interior, exterior work, whatever you need, cabinets, uh, he's the man. So search P-R-E-B-I-L Construction on Facebook. Give him a goog. Let's get to the episode. Thanks, Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wolfpack Podcast. My name is Tyler Wolf. I'm your host. It's good to see you. I'm here with a very special guest. Yet another friend of mine from Open Guard Jiu-Jitsu, Jarrett Maurice. How are you doing, Jarrett? I'm doing fine. Tell me about a... How, how many years old are you? I am 34. Tell, I'm exactly 34, too. When do you turn 35? Rose. February. <laughs> February? <Yeah. Okay. laughs> nice. Uh, my wife and I turn... My wife turns... 35 tomorrow okay i turned 35 officially mid 30s in the beginning of next month okay um how have you felt about your 30s haven't noticed it haven't noticed oh actually well my life continually gets better as i grow older so all of these problems people have they're like oh my midlife crisis i'm like i don't know i mean seem to be doing better the more i get older yeah i find that in your 30s people in their 20s think you're old people in your 40s or and above think you're young so you're in this crack of humanity that no one cares about. Yeah. And it's kind of nice. It's under the radar a little bit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Tell me about 34 years of the Jarrett, Jared dilemma. Has that been an irritation to you? Only when I was in elementary school. You're the minority. Yes, in the, in the, for sure. I've only met one actual Jarrett. I have a cousin, Jared, on Aaron's side of the family. But okay. uh, I'm the only Jarrett that I know of. Yeah. Oh, wait, except, oh, no, he was a Jared, too, I think. He came to Open Guard for a while. Him and his brother did. Jared. I answer to anything that sounds like Jared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just the vowels get get my attention, so yeah. it doesn't really bother me. You whatsoever. ever go by Sailor Jarrett, like the rum, but it's Sailor Jerry? I've never heard of that uh. forever, so no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they don't be, I haven't I've drank gone by Jer Bear in high school. That's Jer about Bear. it. That's a good one. My wife does not like that, but that's okay. I haven't drank for 14 years. Yeah. And, but so maybe it's not even a thing. Anymore. Oh, yeah. I've never heard of that. I'm into wine mostly anyway. You're so a wine I, guy? Oh, yeah. You know what the best thing about boxed wine is? It's cheaper. If you drop it in the shower, it doesn't break. Interesting. It's one of my favorite jokes. Ah. <laughs> it can definitely still spill, though. It can still spill. Let's clean up, though, in the shower. I, I get that. That's right. Yeah. And the box <laughs> will get soggy. A wine bottle doesn't get soggy. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you, I met you at Open Guard Jiu Jitsu, which yeah. is very, is very close to my home. I love going there. I'm, we're both going to be training there tonight. Tell me about how you started doing Jiu Jitsu. How and why? Uh, maybe it starts with martial arts. So I used to box a lot, and then I had a big bad brain injury in 2010 from motorcycle accident. So my neurologist was like, "You can't do that anymore." So can like, we well, stop at the motorcycle accident? Sure. Do you want to tell me more? Can, uh, will you tell me more? Yeah. I'd, well, I can't really tell you much except that. <laughs> So I was at my mother's house in Merton uh, for a campfire with some relatives. And I remember starting the bike up in the driveway. And then I imagine just closing your eyes right now, opening them back up, and you're in a hospital bed. No way. That was 10 days later. Do you consider that a uh, stroke of luck or some might call it grace that 
you don't remember it? I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse because I'm bothered that I don't know exactly why that happened. Oh, sure. I was told there was construction on an on-ramp to Highway 16. I can't confirm it. It may have been cleaned up before I got back. It doesn't really matter anymore. Really, yeah. what the thing is yeah. that like I've actually benefited from the brain injury more than I've had problems with it. How so. is that? Tell me more. So I didn't like the person before the brain injury. It was very anxiety-focused, um, prone to like aggressive um, thought processes for problem solving. I feel like I'm like a really, really violent hippie now. Mm, if yeah. I would describe myself. You are like, violent. Like I love violence, but I'm really chill about it. Like yeah. you wouldn't expect that entirely unless you're like, oh, he's got a lot of very aggressive tattoos and mm. certain parts of his body. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I find myself, I don't, I'm not very reactive. I'm usually very chill, very easygoing and laid back. But like, I really do like people physically acting upon things instead of just talking about them and writing them down. Yeah. Okay. Wow, man. I've never, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective about a brain injury. Yeah. Cause really, I, lo- I actually, I still slur my words. That'll happen every, it happened like all the time. It's usually funny. I take it like it's just funny. Um, my short term memory is very bad. Yeah. So like auditory. Oh, sure. So the auditory memory is amazing, just long term, not short term. And then I lost like emotions like embarrassment, nervousness and fear. It takes an overwhelming amount of that in a situation for me to even register that there's an issue like my flight or flight response got messed up. So, OK, so you're. Your fight or flight response got messed up. Yeah. You, so and you feel like that that served you? It's benefited me because now I don't have, if I would have anxiety, it doesn't even exist anymore. Wow. That's so very it's hard to describe. It's hard to describe things you don't have. Yeah. So people are like, oh, I'm having a problem with this. And I'm like, why? Like my wife does. If she has an inch, a problem with a social situation, I'm like, what's the issue? Yeah. It's literally humans in a room. Yeah. There's nothing else but speaking and noise. Sure. So. <laughs> So okay, so you're a married man. Your wife's name Erin. I know her. She's yep. very nice. Um, do you find that if she gets anxious, nervous, or stressed, it is it uh, helpful or not helpful to her to have you not join in the? I think she finds party? it very annoying that I could care less. Yeah, I think she finds it very frustrating that I could truly care less about the situation going on if I find it entertaining. Yeah. I definitely have the ability to be stressed and anxious. I find that the best thing to help me stay calm is to be near someone that's freaking out. And one of the things that caused me to start to freak out is when I'm near someone who is too so calm. And uh, sometimes it's uh, there's some security in it. Like, if someone's very, very calm, it's like if there's turbulence on a plane, if I look at the flight attendant and he or she is not scared, that's calming to me. Because I go, oh, if they're not scared, they've done this 100 times more yeah. than I have. But if if I feel like there really is a problem and the person next to me is having a severe lack of urgency, that stresses me out. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? I go, okay, well, somebody's got to care here. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. But if someone's freaking out, I go, well, we can't all freak out, so I'm going to... Oh, you're always the moral high ground kind of guy. (laughs) I see how it is. I go, we can't have two people (laughs) calmed, too calm, and we can't have two people freaking Uh out. So I always kind of revert. It's not always a choice, the way I'm describing it. Sure. Um, So I feel like maybe we'd be a good team. 
I would freak, okay. I would like if in a fight, I would freak out. Yeah, and usually would... my first reaction is to laugh. <laughs> in almost every situation, I find that uh, like grounding. Yeah. If you can laugh at, you can probably handle it. Sure. Regardless of what it is, laughing is a stage of behavior for me before I cry. Hmm. It's a defense mechanism. Oh, sure. From crying. Mm-hmm. So I I laugh at sad movies. Okay. And whatever. And sometimes I'll break through the other side and you know have a good 34 year old man cry it's good you cry ever sometimes i think it's been a while though you love it or hate it i find it useful yeah it it's a, useful. I, I feel it as a good tool to get rid of things i don't understand how to deal with yeah interesting but that that's my perspective of like i find emotions annoying yeah i truly do i feel that they get in the way of what i'm trying to accomplish okay Usually, like, even if I'm frustrated, I uh, my anger is not helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I get my ass beat in class. I get frustrated because I'm like, why am I not better? Why can I not handle this? The anger doesn't help me get better. Sure. It just makes me, you know, gas out faster. Oh, sure. So I try to be robotic in most days situations, but I find it easier for me because of the, I'm like blessed with robotic yeah. <laughs> emotional intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everything you're describing about yourself translates in your jujitsu because you are very your posture is insanely good, and your 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 center of gravity is always. I don't even know if this is the right way to say this, but you your weight is always going directly down, like your your pressure is always there. Yeah, there's always. I mean, if you think about it, I try to find there's always a point in the human body that's the most important. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what position you're in. There's one single quarter-sized position, vertical cylinder you're trying to pin somewhere. Like imagine you're trying to fight someone, but their right leg is actually nailed to the floor. You can Mm. care less about them. You can walk up, get around, do whatever you want. Sure. If your shoulder is quite literally nailed to the floor, I don't care what the rest of your body does. You can't move your whole body. Yeah, right. Because I basically can spin you like what are those? What are those things called? Those uh, racket things? You those toys you play as a kid? They make those racket sounds. Oh man, that's what I'm visualizing. But human body because I'm yeah, that's a really I'm a morbid person. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no, that's awesome. So you uh, you you couldn't that couldn't have made sense to you from day one at jujitsu. No, did you used to be as spazzy as as anybody? I don't don't know about spazzy, but like. Um, I would definitely, how would you call it? Not, I try, I, I made it a point because I researched it. What's the worst thing about white belts? I'm like, oh, but I'm, sure. a, I'm a reverse um, inspiration guy. Like some people read things that help them, help them be motivated to be like something. Yeah. I get the reverse. So I usually, the things I read or research usually deal with like the worst humans ever that that have ever graced our planet. And I try to find ways in my everyday life. How do I not be like that? Sure. How do I not be like the serial killers I learn about? How do I not be like the government officials that ruined entire civilizations? How do I not be like someone who's 60 and can barely walk up and down the stairs because of their choices in life. Mm-hmm. I try to have like the reverse inspiration through what's observation. The, what's the motivation behind that? Is it controlling the opinions of others? or what, or in what? I think it's how I grew up yeah. when I would be motivated or inspired by like my dad or my mom to do something, but they would actively do things that made it harder for them to succeed. And so like, what do I... There's something that I have to do consciously that I don't have to be like that. Where I don't have to lie mm-hmm. to someone that I like yeah. to get my point across. Where yeah. I don't have to 
worked so hard to make people like me. There's definitely easier ways, I think, that I found. Like, oh, what's well, like when I had a clingy girlfriend, that inspired me to like never be clingy. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone appreciates that. Yeah. Or if someone has a really, I'm going to use an abusive person in their family, how do I not be like when I'm that age? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to them? that made them that way, I would like to try and not have that happen. Yeah. So like I said before, when I feel like my life's only gotten better as I've gotten older, because I think I'm reaching the age where I can reflect on things I saw growing up, and I'm like, well, I'm about their age now. How would I not do those things? Yeah. And so I try to be like that, which is like reverse motivation or like reverse inspiration. Yeah. I don't know if other people think like that. So, no, I think that's a good way to think. Do you, in the inverse of that, or maybe the opposite of that, do you have any motivations? In, like, are there people that you would go, I... I wish I could be like I that. I want to emulate that. I think emulation is yeah. uh, is an important and maybe lost art because people want to be so... You know, oh, yeah, I always think of... Um, I mean, when you think about, like, people who are successful, you should copy things that they do. Hmm. Yeah, sure. I've always heard of that. Like, I think actually one of the best mm-hmm. pieces of advice I ever received in my entire life was from I was really into bodybuilding at a point, and I was terrible at it because I was skinny, tall, didn't eat enough, didn't weight lift enough. Mm-hmm. But I was really interested in like the male's physique getting improvement because I was always like a skinny, scrawny kid. Sure. And then I was actually talking to a bodybuilding expert, and he said, "Never take advice from someone who doesn't have what you want." Oh, that's good stuff. Why would I take nutritional advice? From someone who's not healthy looking. Sure. Because that's what it's about. Yeah. Like, like, and then that goes back to my other thing. It's like I'm looping myself in my own approval. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I ever do something that makes me like a person I don't want to be? Mm-hmm. So I guess I see it like that. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective. So let's play, um, let's see, let's play a fun like I know how this is going to go with you. Okay. Great, I'm predictable. Before we get to uh, <laughs> before we get to resources, I'm just going to name some random jujitsu stuff and then okay. you tell me uh how you feel about it. Let's see. Um designer geese. Expensive designer geese. Oh man. So I'm actually low key fashionista. Like I do like good-looking clothes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, people should train how they want to. If they want to spend like it's like I have nice suits. Sure. I do have nice suits. I yeah. love them. Yeah, I don't wear them all the time. If I had a nice jujitsu thing, I mean, I mean, if you haven't noticed, all of my jujitsu gis are black and turquoise. That's oh, that's true. All of them. Yeah, that's all your thing. of them. That's my color scheme. So yeah. I pick gis that fit me well and have that color scheme. Okay. So like, describe designer gis though, like they have. So like a three hundred plus dollar. Okay. Gi. Sure. I I've never I have. A $300 gi that I don't wear, only because the the rift from Origin, I just don't like the way it feels. It's really? Like a weird, it's like a weird bathrobe thing. I kind of want one of those Origin. If you want to try mine, go. you're probably, it'll fit you. Those look amazing. They, they, I I'll wish, probably buy one one day. If you want to buy mine, I have yeah, discount. If okay. they fit you, you can for sure have them. Nice. I did not care for, it feels like a towel. I didn't like it. Interesting. But designer gis, if you love them and you can afford them, you should play with the toys you buy. Sure. Like no, I'm, I a, appreciate I'm a huge nerd. I play Magic the Gathering. It is a giant cluster pile of you could spend too much money on the game, but like that's my thing. I spend money on toys I play with. Yeah. I'm not a collector. Sure. So I play with stuff I buy. Sure. 
Yeah, I like so like sometimes I poke fun at sneakerheads and I roll my eyes at people that love all these sneakers. But yeah. then if you look in my closet, I have I'm not to that level, but I have a lot of boots. Sure. Some about Do boots. you wear them? Yeah. Every single one, do you wear them? Uh if you're buying boots yeah. to not wear, I think you're effing weird. No, I, I wear them. I wear them and I cycle through them and okay. I convince myself that yeah. I'll have a different function. For yeah. Them. So my point is, is that I think uh, so Jesus called it taking this, uh, before you point out the speck of dust in somebody else's eye, notice mm-hmm. you have an entire log in your own. Yeah. Buddhists call it wipe the lens of your eye. Sure, before sure. you call out mm-hmm. how foggy. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I have to continually remind myself yeah, to do It's a humility things. lesson. Yeah, because I go, oh, sneakers, you got all these tennis shoes, it's just shoes, yeah. con Yeezys and all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm like throw goods and Red Wings and hmm. spare and all these different things. Yeah. I'm not all that different. You okay. Know I mean? Same I, thing with designer yeah. geese. I go, what do you got? We got all these designer geese for. Sure. Well, I'm sure I have my own version. Of that. Yeah. I I definitely, sh- that's a reverse inspiration thing. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. I tried everything I have in my house. I try to have a use for, I throw it away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like I have you're on some that minimalist line. Well, it's just that like I don't like I need to get rid of some old Warhammer stuff in the basement. That's a game? Yeah, it's a miniature game. I play. I'm also a paint a lot of miniatures and war games, yeah. stuff like that. Tenth edition coming out real soon. Any FYI, but it's real <laughs> important. Anyway, but like <laughs> models I don't play with and haven't touched in years, I gotta get rid of them. But like they cost so damn much and yeah. no one wants to buy them. Yeah. And I did spend a lot of time painting them, so like Am I just emotionally attached to these stupid objects, or can I just put them in the garbage because no one cares? Yeah, because like I'm, I have some on display in the home because they look effing sweet, but yeah. like the other ones are just wasting away in my downstairs shelving, yeah. wasting my space that I could use for something more important. Right. So, right. On. I try to be as humble as I can, but it's just like those are like my albatross around the neck. Like I should just throw them away or sell them, but then yeah. no one wants to buy them. So like, it truly is. I don't like wasting things. We have enough plastic on our planet. I'm just going to pad to the landfill. It's like, I guess the landfill's in my house now. So. Yeah. Have you gone to a Vanguard video here in town? They would not take that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not a tabletop gaming oh, aftermarket. Gotcha, so gotcha. I would go to like, I go to Calabunga Comics for the oh, same yeah, yeah. thing, but they're also not interested in buying used stuff gotcha. of that type. Okay, got it. It's a very like, you got to build your own stuff for your own thing. To, you know, it's, it's very personalized. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, and it's also just a lot of work that I've done before in the past selling armies I've had. It's just, dude, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like driving all over the state and shipping things with excessive. Yeah, it's just. Right. I'm too luxurious now to go through all the trouble for right. like five extra dollars. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's well, my lack of humility for that for that topic. I hear you. <laughs> well, the Wolfpack Podcast is a show where if you have something smart to say, somebody probably already said it better. It's a show where we recommend to people the things that we've consumed that oh, yeah. think they might like as well. So hit me with some resources, books, movies, YouTube videos, video games, um, quotes, recipes. Things that I actually utilize, I would say like morally in my life is researching 19th century governments. Okay. So I am really interested in theological debates, okay. the origins of them, where religions come from, sure. but that doesn't, only contain spiritual religions, political religions are also a thing. Look at communism, the origin of Mao Zedong's communist nation of China. That's a horrific story and it's still continuing today. Like the origin of Russians, like Joseph Stalin, like that's a, that is a novel bigger than anyone can write. Right. And like, I mean, just like everyone is aware of the Nazi regime, not regime, 
the Nazi party in yeah. Germany. And like one of my, I hate to say prize possessions, but I have an old 70s printing of the Doctors of Death series, which you likely can't get digitally hmm. because it's just, it's, it's firsthand accounts of being in Germany through 1910 to 1945. Okay. Like firsthand wow. accounts of like everything, not just wow. the whole, like is um, it in English. It is in English. It was translated from French yeah. in the early sixties after the trials, I believe not too far off before some of those guys they interviewed were obviously executed. Yeah. But the, now if you had to point someone in a direction to research, research these things, where would you send them? I mean, the big name of this topic is, like everyone else has said, is like, I think the first time I really started diving into was Dr. Jordan Peterson recommended a book called Ordinary Men. Okay. You said Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Okay. Everyone I'm sure is familiar with yeah. that name. All I all, But then I heard that name of that book on Jocko's podcast, yeah. and I usually use him for resource for reverse inspiration or inspirational books. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll have to look into this Ordinary Men. It's like, that book's about, not kidding, people like you and me, joining the National Guard, mm -hmm. and then you're like, well, I'm just going to keep everyone here safe and secure at home, but really you're going to be sent out to Canada to execute people that lives in towns that you've never had a problem with. Okay. It's how do we get from you, Tyler, dude that does jiu-jitsu and lives here in town, from that guy to I will execute people right. by shooting them in the back of the neck for hours on end. Yeah. And like when you see yourself, like these were not evil people. These are patriotic people. These are people that grew up in towns that are very similar to ours, that eat the same types of food, that look very similar to us or me, and seeing myself in these books, and it's like, it's hard to not demonize people that we know of as horrible, evil things. It's not like babies grow up to be Nazis. Right. Yeah. They're trained to be, and it's sickening, and it's like, what do I have to do to never be like that? <laughs> Reverse inspiration. Because, like, there are things I notice in life that people don't realize could put you on a path like that. Yeah. Even sports teams, sports fans are like that. Well, how so? Sports fans can be violent towards each other because they wear different colors. Oh, sure. It's like gangs. Yeah. You wear the wrong colors, you're murdered on the spot. Yeah. You're walking on the wrong side of the part of the sidewalk, murdered. Yeah. You could have different colored skin in a different wrong part of the city. Murder. Like, mm -hmm. it's humans are such sad animals sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's all about resources we have or don't have. It's sure. know, It's rough to, it's, it's a very, those books were hard to get through. Mm -hmm. Like, they were, there were some things about camps that I don't ever want to share with people because sure. unless they read it themselves, because they're rough. Yeah. There's things you don't, you don't understand the meaning of bleak. Until you read things like that. Yeah. Have you, uh, man, I wonder what, if there's any correlation psychologically with, um, so like there's a famous book called Fox's Book of the Martyrs. Okay. And it's just a, it's just stories of people that literally died, tortured and were tortured and died for their faith. Okay. Um, do you think that there's, cause I would, I would call that a positive thing. I would think, I, th not, I mean, dying is not always positive <laughs> for people. It depends on what part of the Bible you read. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I would say it's a positive thing to believe something so deeply that you're willing to die for it. Um, and I hear you describing someone that is taken from one point in their life to another point in their life where they believe in something so deeply 
that they're willing to kill for it. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there's a connection between those two things? Yeah, humans are very malleable. Yeah. We're malleable by our environment, and it's not always for the good. Mm-hmm. As like you, I know you use Christianity in your life to better better your surroundings, which is amazing. Yeah. Not everyone does that. Sure. Sure. Like, I was joking with my wife. I'm like, I hope it's not a surprise intervention because <laughs> like you thought maybe a this would have been this, this has happened <laughs> more than twice to me with my family. Tell me about that. So like, I've always been vocal about like, I think this is a joke and it doesn't make you guys happy. And this was like nine years old. Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Their Catholicism specifically. Yeah. But and you could, it would, there's a few things you could say about like maybe my children that it would offend me. My wife, maybe outside of that, you can't offend me. So please speak freely. Okay. Tell me more. So I grew up Catholic, yeah, which I think I'm sure is fine for most people. But when like I was incredibly observant as a kid, I was a voracious reader and nothing really slipped past my observations. And I noticed that every time we go to this building, my brother ends up crying Hmm. because he's too loud and got spanked or I'm just silent and like morbid because I can't understand this dude he's saying and the more of the history I learn about this business, this place that we go to, I'm like, I don't think I want to be a part of this. Hmm. Early on, I had a problem with it. Yeah. Because it seemed to only make my life harder. Hmm. Which is very different from what I see other families have. Sure. <laughs> but, like, and it seemed only, only the only time my parents had a problem with me, I was never a problem child. I usually yeah. just did my homework, did my stuff. I never really, I didn't get girls pregnant, do drugs, drink too late, anything like that, yeah. get into trouble, things like that. But like, man, the fact they didn't want to be a part of Jesus was a big problem. I was just like, they I had a problem with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. I was just like, I don't understand. I, I listen to you guys every other time. And I, I never, that was loud. Sorry. I never have an issue like with this. I'm not stealing your cars. I'm not taking your money. I'm not like selling pills at school, but like, all these things are great, but I don't want to be a part of God's church, and now I'm a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. So did you feel, did that make you feel rejected? I would say rejected and rejected by hypocrites. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, I've read the book. I had to. Yeah. Right. Lots of Bible study in Catholicism. I had two days a week, you know, every week for a number of years. And so, mm-hmm. like, I read the book. I was an overachiever. I read more of the book. I'm like, this God character kills people a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. I'm like, can't follow rule number one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a little bit hypocritical. And then it's just like, well, and being taught that, like, I don't know how it is in other Christianity sects, but like, being taught that sex is evil and dirty, like, that ain't right. Yeah. We need that. Sure. And then that I learned that the people that work in the business are not allowed to express themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that is also. It's kind of a recipe. How? That's a major critique of Catholicism. That's kind of a recipe for that's a what, recipe how serial killers do. Yeah, and it's like a recipe for what we ended up with in the Catholic Church as far as and like I goes. hate to just crap all over it because it's done a lot of good for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, it only made me and or my family unhappy dealing with it mm-hmm. in ours. And it's just like my great aunt Jude is like part of the Archdiocese in Milwaukee and stuff like that, or was, I don't know if she's retired. I don't know if you retired from nunhood or something like that, if she's alive still. I don't, know, still. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I think, um, thanks for sharing, by the way. Thanks sure. for being honest. I think um, any, and this goes across the board, anytime someone preaches a message or tries to produce a behavior uh, out of fear, let's call it yeah. fear of hell, uh, 
you're never going to get results. Yeah, I see repercussions. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're that. never going to get positive results. Like, no. So let's talk about like the sex thing. But oftentimes people have taken what the Bible actually says about sex and they are so scared of their kids either burning in hell yeah. or <laughs> impregnating their girlfriend. Or, or I don't know, I, uh, women had urethras until I was 31. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, if it, the way that when you translate this message of like, don't, 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 mm-hmm. don't, it's bad. Obviously, that takes yeah. all of the good out of it. Well, that's like the scare tactics in high school when they're like, these drugs are bad. And you're like, well, I mean, all of them? Yeah. All of them. We're yeah. buying these drugs every day. Yeah. Some of them, people, you'll use them for certain things, but it's just like, all of them, are they? Sure. <laughs> like, sure. ecstasy is just as bad as heroin? Prove it. Sure. Like, well, you know, I... And I know, don't mean to bring that up just because you've no, it's had fine. that, but, like, no, there's yeah, yeah. different levels of experiences sure. in life. Sure. Yeah. No, like, I could be... I could probably be more vocal. Like, I think marijuana being illegal is, is pretty silly, right? Yeah. But that being said... I cannot touch it. I, yeah. I am an addict. It's how I am. Yep. I can't I can't be near it. Not near it. I can't ingest it. No, you have like you yeah. have like the gene that yeah, like right? it rucks you. It wrecks you. Yeah. And like I've years. actually never done marijuana. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Sure. And it seems that like all of our state neighbors seem to be having a great time yeah. profiting off of those taxes from marijuana. And we're just like, nah. Yeah. It's evil. Right. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. You know who Rain Wilson is? He played Dwight in The Office. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know he is now. He, he had a really interesting take where he really spoke out against drug use when that's not a very popular thing no, to do right no, now. No, no, it's not. Where he just talked about how a lot of people, especially the use of psychedelics um, as uh, a means to spiritual enlightenment. Oh, yeah. He just oh, was yeah. just like kind of poked a hole in the argument that and he was talking to my favorite comedian of all okay. time, who actually just saw the other night in Madison sure. Pete Holmes um, who's an advocate for psychedelics mm-hmm. um, he was just saying the argument well it's a plant and it's natural he was just like all of these things are plant and are natural so you can just take that argument out of it yeah. cocaine heroin yeah. things that are killing people mm-hmm. ruining lives so it being natural is not an argument and the, the truth is, is when it comes to being enlightened, there are no shortcuts. And so I would actually agree with him that some of this stuff is, and I don't, I, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up because you're not, I don't hear you making the argument that it is. Oh, it, I would find psilocybin should be legal for people to fight depression. So not even talking about it being legal, but I'm talking about- Or just about, being using it whatsoever? No, I would say using it as- Recreational? Um, it means to to spiritual awakening. Oh, okay. I think sure. it's probably false awakening. Hmm. Really, I guess what I'm really trying to say isn't so much. It's definitely not about legalization. It's not even about uh, the moral of it. I think people should say what they actually mean and not say something else to try to get you. To oh, it. Okay. oh no, you want to get high. Yes, or you want to trip yes. out. And instead of saying that, you're saying you're trying to make a different justification it's really about for spiritual it? awakening. Well, no, there's. True spiritual awakening will give you no shortcuts. It's long work and it's painful and it's two steps forward and three steps back. It's not take mushrooms on a weekend and now you're enlightened. <laughs> now you're, uh, what's the name of, um, now you're a Tibetan monk forever yeah. now? Yeah, right. it doesn't work that way. You just start wearing like really loose clothing and talking really long when right. you leave. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I, you, motorcycle accident. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, it, that was suffering. 
that was physical pain, that is just an example, a microcosm. Yeah, of the I cheated concept. with my brain injury. Yeah, yeah, you had a <laughs> shortcut. <laughs> no, but really, that we it, it does involve suffering. It sure, can't just be you trip out and you're whatever. Not sure how I even got there, but um, okay. So we're researching systems of government, religions, and their origins. Now, as we wrap up, tell me about the game you invented. I've never had a game inventor on my show before. Oh man, I could add it to my resume. Please. Okay, so I'm a game designer. Um, so I do like video eating. games, board games. What are we talking? I, I made a board game called The Hog Wilds. Um, pre-orders should be coming in. I'll be getting the order up to developers to publish it at the couple days now because I got yeah. pre-orders enough to get to it. So yeah, I was like, I really like playing tabletop games because yeah. video games are fun. I always find them to be a singular activity for me and myself. Yeah. I was never a social video gamer. I found that if I can't tell you to suck it nerd to your face yeah. i found it less valuable okay so i kind of grew up with card <laughs> games like rummy and magic the gathering and like games that people actually had to connect with yeah because i kind of started on like xbox live was right when i kind of started midway through high school and i didn't i noticed that like i didn't really care for that as much as i'm actually going to see people yeah like I'm actually with my friends, not just hearing them speak. Yeah, you. No, this is so interesting because I'm sensing a theme, and I know we're talking about your the game you invented. Mm -hmm. At nine years old, you you felt the freedom to express your doubts about religion. Mm -hmm. At uh, so high school, so for us that was you know 16 years ago. Yeah, you were able to speak out an opinion contrary to what was cool and popular. Yeah, does that come naturally to you? Well, it sounds like it does. Nine years I old. I think the problem with me is that I'm too honest, and people have a hard time with honesty, mm -hmm. like actual honesty. Like I'm, I've always, I've heard that I'm really genuine. I don't change for other people's benefits. I'd rather help people benefit themselves. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, let's uh, see how I see it. If everyone at jujitsu was better than me, that would be great. Okay. Because that means only I can get better. Yeah. If everyone at my company was better than me, that means I could be better or I could work less hard. <laughs> but yeah. that's not oh, the sure. case. Yeah, yeah. So I back to the board game thing. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, it's really okay. Yeah, here you speaking out about against Xbox Live. Most yeah. eighteen year olds aren't doing that. Yeah, they they'd murder me for yeah. saying such heresy. Yeah. No, I'm all about Discord. I'm like, I find it annoying. I like yeah. I would I have a hard time with people who can't represent themselves in our reality real world. So like when you when I made I wanted to make board games because I love the interaction between real people. Yeah, I can make real jokes because we don't communicate just with our voice. Mm -hmm. There's so much with our body language. Right. I played high level card games. Body language gives away so much more than the cards you play. Mm -hmm. Like when you speak to people, you notice that men angle themselves to each other when they communicate. It's never face to face. Like women communicate differently body language wise. Like the way we interact with humans is so unique to each person, but. I like interacting with other humans in a toolbox formation. Okay. We're both playing in a sandbox that I can actually feel and touch and interact sure. with, not just see visually and audibly. That's cool. Yeah, I'm not a board game guy. The way you're describing this makes me want to play. Yeah, I, because I kind of see the nitty gritty value but, in it. But board there games. is another benefit. I can have a glass of wine. Mm hmm. Or a box. Or a box of, yes, a lovely <laughs> box of wine. 
I've had good boxes of wine. I'm not downing them. It's, I've had good ones. They're not all crap. <laughs> but like I can have food with people. Yeah, yeah. I can have camaraderie with people. Like I've been friends with people live tabletop game with for geez, like 13 plus years now. Yeah. Like uh my friend Andy opened his own store in Slide Patch Gaming in West Dallas. Okay. Like he was a I met him when I was 14 and like I kind of when he got out of a bad time in his life, he got addicted to something more positive, which mm-hmm. was gaming. Yeah. And I helped him, inspired him to really pursue that. That's cool. And now they have an awesome store in West Dallas. And like, I think that's awesome. That's love cool, it. Man. Donald Miller is this author and he said, sometimes in order to truly love something, you have to see someone else love it first. Hmm. Uh, and he was referencing jazz music inside of that quote. Because mm. he never really understood jazz music until he saw someone who loved it listening to it. Wait, say that again. You can only. He said, "Sometimes you, sometimes in order to truly love something, mm-hmm. you have to see someone else love it first. Okay, um, mm. not the case to ever love anything. Period. Sure, sure. Sometimes that's what pushes you over the edge to really take a dive into something. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of having that experience. Not that I love board games but hearing you describe board games in this way mm-hmm. and the nitty-gritty of why it, the goodness of it i'm like oh yeah you're moving the pieces you're touching something you're sitting in a room with other people yeah. um yeah that's interesting very well put can you give me a link to where people can find out more about this game i really only have it on my facebook page right now okay. i'm not a tech savvy dude okay well when it's available for to purchase, I'll yeah. talk about it on the podcast. Uh, the Hog Wild. Yeah, the issue is that like it's just me and like my cousin-in-law. Yeah. So we have to, I'm at a loss right now, like money-wise for it, which is totally fine. I don't yeah. care about making a profit yeah. off it. But I I do enjoy the fact that people want to play this wacky thing. Yeah. Because you're piggies in a forest eating mushrooms to gain superpowers. Yeah. That's the whole premise. Are they psychedelic mushrooms? They're not psychedelic, but like you, you need the yellow ones to get faster. The red oh, ones sure. help you find them. The blue ones help you, like, see into the forest deeper. Are any of them shortcuts to spiritual awakening? Um, I'm just trying to bring this full circle. I think it could be. It could be because one of them helps you teleport around the forest and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I teleported a bear out of the cave onto my cousin once, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I would be spiritually awakened if I saw a bear appear in front of me yeah i'd probably be like this means something very valuable (laughs) all right let's end with this sure you're at a you're at a place they have it's karaoke night oh no you get pulled up there you you whether you want to do it or don't do Uh it it doesn't matter but they go you have 10 seconds to decide what song you're gonna sing oh uh what what song is Jarrett marie singing at karaoke jeez i'm probably singing something by the band hurt hurt i can't imagine which i think it's between got jealous or it's off their uh man that's on the spot my memory's bad now listen to the albums goodbye to the machine album okay my favorite albums by that band now is that because you go i i can i can pull off their songs or is it because you feel like you can really create an entertaining moment for the karaoke bar I think it's because I can sing the vocalist and I have a similar thing, but I also connect with that album entirely. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those songs are usually easier to sing. Anything else? 
on the show. I don't think so. Thanks for coming, man. You're welcome. We're 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 doing jujitsu tonight. Yep. Cool, man. This has been Jared Maurice on the Wolfpack Podcast. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you. Later.